T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Is this the nightcap? Yo, this is Patrick. Nightcap. No, this is Patrick. Is this the Nightcap? No, this is Patrick. Time now for the Nightcap on WGR Sports Radio 550. Seven oh four on a Wednesday night, and yeah, well, as you heard there on the open, it is not the Krusty Krab, it is not Patrick, it is not even Jody Biasi, and it's not Ryan Gates, although he played in the eleven day power play today. It's actually Kyle Powell here filling in on a hump day here on July tenth. Yes, Jody Biasi out all day. I was in for him producing here for Show Up on the Bulldog. He was busy on the ice scoring and helping the WGR team attain a 12-11 win over the Western New York Media All-Stars. And two integral portions of that team are joining me now from Harbor Center here as we get going on the nightcap here on a Wednesday again. Derek Kramer and John Simon bringing them in from Harbor Center. Guys, first off, how do you feel? I'm feeling fresh now. I mean, I've, I've had a little bit of time to sit around. I had an hour to recover a little bit. I'm feeling all right now for uh, for playing three hours. What about you, Johnny? Yeah, I, I think it's. I think we got lucky that we didn't have to play four hours this time. Yeah. For my first time playing in this event, I was really appreciative that it was a three-hour game and not four, because that that fourth hour could have been really, really <laughs> tough. I think we escaped just at the right time. Yeah, it what? was. Uh, it was. It was fun though. I mean, all of it. I mean, there was. Uh, we had goals from everyone. I think Joe much. had the winning goal, Kyle. You might yeah. have been selling him a little bit short yeah. there. My, really? my dad referred to it as an Eichel-esque goal, I think, on yeah. Twitter. I saw so, it, and honestly, it's uncanny. It, it was good. Everybody had a good day today. All the GR guys, you know, all the producers, we, yeah. we, we were all big contributors. And Alan Davis just... I swear, oh. if that guy was in his 20s, he would be a budding Norris Trophy candidate. Yeah. Oh, Seriously, my he goodness. eight minutes today. I mean, we only we, because... Um, T.J. Luckman, one of our guys, the Sabres Radio Network producer, he ended up uh, suffering a concussion early, actually, in the uh, in the shift in the first hour. So uh, we were down to four defensemen. And credit to Alan and uh, Mike Jafari, who produces on Sundays for us. Those guys were part of a defense that ate a lot of minutes out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I Ooh. wanted to ask you about T.J.'s injury. So at one point, I feel like I was trying to follow on Twitter with a lot of guys updating the game as it was going while I was here in the studio. And at one point I saw that TJ was taking a penalty shot. I believe he scored. And the next thing I heard was, well, actually from TJ's Twitter account, that he loved <laughs> he loved uh, <laughs> playing hockey so much for charity that he had a concussion. So what exactly went down there? All right. Um, I was on the ice for this one. I was kind of curling around back on the blue line and turned around. And uh, TJ ends up colliding with this guy right along the boards near the bench. And it was uh, it was an unfortunate one. It, it, it was tough. It was a hard hit. But um, TJ did try to take the next shift, and that's when he knew something was wrong. 
and that's when uh, the fine people from Excelsior Orthopedics, they help out with this sort of thing. They help out with any injuries or anything like problems on the bench. Big shout out to those guys as well. But uh, they told TJ, yeah, you're, you're probably done. No physical activity. You should probably call it a day. And every one of us in the locker room shared the same sentiment. To paint a nice picture too, Kyle, TJ's glasses oh, yeah. broke when he <laughs> fell into the wall and they put a giant load of white tape on the side and the it was like on the side where the lenses meet you know the hook for the ear or whatever but we were saying it would have been so much better if they broke in the middle because then he could have been like the fourth Hanson brother well, not to mention <laughs> the bigger the bigger thing about that was uh tj the very next thing he does is he takes a penalty shot yeah. and blind tj without his glasses scores a dandy yeah. whilst concussed and blind so uh, big, big goal from TJ, and uh, I hope he's okay because I mean, you don't want to see anyone get hurt. Concussions in, in aren't fun, and let alone a concussion. Yeah, yeah. I'm so. kind of amazed he's playing hockey out there for three hours with glasses on. <laughs> he, he had him covered it, by a visor. He I did mean, it for four last year. It was a look. I'll give him that. Yeah, but it's not a look. not having some sort of rec specs is it's a dangerous <laughs> game, and TJ lost it unfortunately. All right, so you also talked about, John, this is your first time playing the three years. You haven't you haven't compared it to a four-hour shift. Derek, we talked earlier this week on the Leftovers podcast that you thought that it would be a little easier for you with a three-hour shift to get through it because last year you said four hours. You were rare to go and do another one. So yeah. first off, how do you feel? And you know you got another one ahead of you. How does this compare to last year? Honestly, that one's going to be the true challenge tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. So that one's going to be tough, but at the same time, like right now, I think I'm feeling good. I had a, I've had plenty of time to recover a little bit, rest up, like eat some carbs. Oh my god, uh, carbs are great after this sort of thing. But uh, where the longevity got cut by an hour, the intensity was kind of stepped up a little bit in this thing. So it was a different kind of energy to be uh, exerting. So it was, I would say, it was just as difficult to pull off. It was just more or less. It was a different kind of thing. There was more. It was more intense. It was more high-paced skating, and uh, it was very back and forth between the two teams all throughout. We so. had to come back. We were down 10-9 yeah. or 11-10. and we're, We, we were down like 9-6 at the second yeah. hour. So we, we had to play a big third period or third hour, I should say, to come back and get the, the one-point win. I'm calling Q it a period. Cue Third the Dan real. Dunleavy cardiac kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we uh, – Thank God it's only once a year that we do this. Yeah, that's, no, that's right. Well, you say that, and I'm, <laughs> I'm playing again in like less than 12 hours, but – it's not a it's not a pity party because I mean honestly like you you love doing this for the great cause and uh, credit to Mike and Amy Lesikowski for everything that they do putting this together along with Sarah Schumacher those three really have their hands full all the time with this sort of thing and uh, hell even even playing three hours is nothing compared to trying to organize this entire event I would even say so no it was awesome it was fun it was. Uh, it was fantastic, and I'm glad that people were here and uh, showed up and supported the cause. Yeah, based off what you guys are telling me, and you know the daily the daily nuances from the fifth to the fifteenth for these 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 games, these continuous games that go on every year. Like when we talked to Mike on Monday, I am not shocked at all when he said that Amy has to spend eighty, ninety, a hundred hours a week yeah. to get something like this off the ground. And the exponential growth here in year three from when it started as 40 people. Now you're talking about flirting with two grand. You're flirting with nearly $2 million potentially by the end of this thing. It's incredible what they got that would going. Be awesome if we got the $2 million for this thing. That would be the bomb diggity. And uh, yeah, no, it's uh, again, 
this is nothing compared to, uh, you know, what people have to deal with with cancer and everything that affects a family from that sort of thing. So, gladly, sign me up any time that, uh... Oh! <laughs> I think there was, a, sorry, there was a play <laughs> on the ice now that just distracted Ooh. Derek from his thoughts. One Ooh. of the members of Team Nine. One of the members of the blue team out here made a nice little move and, and hit some iron. Uh, first off, the, the team in blue right now has Michael Pekka, and I feel like I'd be terrified if I'm one-on-one -on -one with Michael Pekka. Like the real Michael Pekka? Yeah, like the, uh, like the actual Michael Pekka. He's uh, the only one that's got a name <laughs> on a jersey out here. It helped us out. I'll let that one, too. <laughs> Mike Lesikowski's oh, got true. his. Okay, there he yeah. is right there, right in the slot. Here we go. Come on, Mike. Oh, don't pass that up. More bad radio. Mike Lesikowski <laughs> has a fantastic. Oh, my God. All red. Like. Jofa. Just like 1980s Soviet Union Are helmet. you sure it's 1980s? I'm pretty sure it's like 1950s Jofa. It's amazing. It looks <laughs> so good. It's a. It's this red Jofa. It looks like it's made out of paper mache. Just looks like, like Slava Fetisov out there. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's a. It's been fun, and this game is uh, a little higher scoring than what we ended up with. You see the big part of Team WGR is that we build from the crease out. Yes, having having Owen Parker, <laughs> giant goalie son, was, was definitely our biggest strength. Yeah, having an OHL draftee is uh, is pretty big for the success of our team. So. Yeah, so it sounds like he lived up to the billing, most definitely. Yeah, no, he, uh, he did well, as he did last year. He was tested a lot more, um, not just for the extra hour, but it was – like we were kind of a mess. We uh, we uh, we <laughs> outshot the the media all stars like by like at least by almost twenty. I would think. Yeah. I I said midway through the game, Kyle. I thought we had a chance to get to a hundred shots on goal, but yeah, there couple, were a couple stoppages. Yeah, just some some soccer injury type of stoppages, <laughs> just stuff like that. No, it was we, equipment we issues. It was equipment there. issues. It was only equipment issues. It wasn't anything. Wow, the post game exactly. Shade. Soccer injuries aren't injuries <laughs> either. <laughs> Yeah, no, it was, a, but again, it was a blast. And, uh, you know, I I hear, Kyle, that um, I may have gotten ripped apart on the air. Yes, thank you for that wonderful segue. <laughs> it's like you're actually reading my mind. Now that we got a little, a taste of what was going on from three to six down there, I, I did want to play yeah. this for you. There was a live reaction from Mike Schopen, the oh, Bulldog. Man. This was this was good. Was, it, was this the penalty shot one? This had to have been, right? It was later mm -hmm. in the show, right? No, this was kind of early. Oh, this was the first one then. Yep, oh, there you go. Okay. You tell me. This is <laughs> Ready? Here we go. There's a goal for somebody. Do we know who scored? I don't know. That, that light blue helmet. I, oh, it's Derek. Because there's the stupid celebration with the uh, <laughs> Tiger Williams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's Derek. Derek Kramer. <laughs> Derek, Derek went full on <laughs> Timo Solani <laughs> shotgun and then air guitar <laughs> break dancing. <laughs> I think it's what just happened there. He's Does anybody we work with see me covering my face after oh. that? Somebody's going to take him out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's 3-2 in the beginning of the 11-day power play. Someone's I, mean, take I don't him know. Out. What do we say about that? Have your fun? Uh, sure. Yeah, we don't want to be the old guys. Right? I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I am just turned. I'm, I'm going pro media all-stars after that. I'm changing allegiances. Hey, man, let the kids play. Did anybody get you? <laughs> Dude, play hard, sell you harder. That is all I, what I'm about there. So that was the first one. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, trying to play a little air guitar and then uh, do a little bit of, like, sliding around on the floor, keeping it going uh, in honor of uh, my uncle uh, Dave Parker, who had passed away. He uh, loved his guitars. He loved playing every time we would have family meetings. So uh, it was good that I was able to, uh, to honor him in the best way that I could possible, very humiliatingly and rather obnoxiously. 
Well, hey, man, you lived up to the billing. You talked about this all the way leading up to this shift. Oh, yeah. And I, you got your chance. You knew you would, and you didn't disappoint. Yeah, I you mean, You got a couple honestly, of old guys on the radio <laughs> contemplating whether or not they should start saying <laughs> the guy. The guy should get drilled. <laughs> yeah, no, it's uh, honestly, though, that's what I'm all about. I, I love playing the heel in these sorts of things. And, uh, again, it's all about having fun. There's people here. Give them a show, and that's exactly it. Like, that's why, remember, Kyle, back on the nightcap earlier this week, I said, you know, let those the, the women's national team, let them selly. Let them hit the selly hard because, you know, you don't know when you're going to never be able to do this sort of thing again. And, I mean, even if it's a charity hockey game, there's people in the crowd. Whatever. I'm, I will not. Okay, so I will say this. I will not apologize. Not a damn minute because uh, that's about having fun and what more way to have fun than selly hard. John, I heard you and Brayton, am I remembering that correctly, hooked yeah. up for a pretty nice goal there too. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah so I because I don't see myself as a goal scorer per se, normally because I just really don't score goals and I can't. Um, and I actually was trying to score on this one, but I, I managed to bank it off of the goalie's pad and Brayton was right there, perfect spot, perfect time, and Buddy was able to put it home. And I think... I, I think that was the tying goal at that point, or if it, if it wasn't, no, it got it made, us within one. No, I think it made one. it 10-9. So and, it was, uh, we had a big third period. I think we scored yeah. the last three goals of the game, and that was the first one that sparked the run. So, yeah, I big remember, goal for Brayton. I remember I tied it at 10 with the uh, with the penalty shot. That's right. But uh, So they did slip one in on us in that meantime. But, yeah, that was that was awesome. It was uh, To see Brayton score like that, I was so happy. He fell over in his celebration, I just dogpiled on yeah, him. Yeah, talk about someone else who needs <laughs> to get ripped on for a bad celebration. <laughs> I, I at least completed mine. I stayed on my feet. So how did the power play, how, how did the uh, penalty shots work? I know you, right, you're telling me so you at least had one, TJ had one. Does that take the place of a power play for this kind it, of yes. game? Yes, yes, it takes the place of a penalty. I got hauled down. It probably would have been a legitimate penalty shot in yeah, actual totally. hockey because I got hauled down in front of the net. But, uh, yeah, every penalty, if it's a hook or a trip or, in TJ's unfortunate case, getting blasted by somebody in a, in a pretty vicious collision, um, it, every, every penalty gets taken place. Instead, it's a penalty shot. So that's Ooh. how the rules work. And also, after the penalty shot, the opposing team could play it right away. Yeah. After the save. I was gonna say we were two for two on penalty shots. Yes, today we were. Too, Me right? and TJ both scored. Yeah. So special so special teams without the special teams. Special teams. Really, really big for us. Owen though. stopped a couple. Yeah. Big he, ones. So yeah. uh, helped yeah. on both ends. Yeah. You know, uh, special teams uh, played a big difference here today, and uh, you know it was good to convert uh, with uh, with our with our penalty shots. And uh, he's know. been practicing this. <laughs> Eighteen minutes in, I. I 18 minutes into the show. I knew it was a matter of time we'd hear it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, this was a lot longer than I thought it would take to hear it. So. Oh, yeah. Well, it's probably because I A little I bit of discipline there. I give you credit. I mean, I, part of it, I think, is because of the fact that I'm not exhausted anymore. That's probably the biggest part. Yeah, that's, that helps. Yeah. So your so, next shift is 6 a.m.? 6 a.m. 6 a.m. at Harbor Center. If you're listening and uh, you don't mind my stupid antics, come on down and... Uh, Two players from GR are playing is myself and Mike Jafari. We are all we are both back here at 6 a.m. for that. And uh, WBEN's Frank Arcuri will be playing in net for us. So we got a couple of guys for uh, for Entercom that are back here tomorrow morning. And even if you don't like Derek's antics, show up still and complain about them. Maybe oh yeah, he'll hope, stop. hope someone drills me. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's for everybody. It's for everyone's sake. It is for everybody. The kid thrives. 
kid absolutely oh, thrives. Now in that the I think about it, I did thrive in pressure there. Gold, <laughs> I gotta tie the game. I'm put. I'm waving my hand in the air for the crowd to get into it. If I miss, I look like such a jackass. I was really mad that you did that. If I'm being <laughs> I was like, Derek, what the hell, man? <laughs> I was like, you are going to look like such a doofus if you just <laughs> shoot this one two feet wider than that. Oh, man. That was, yeah. But, hey, no, it's it's all about putting more pressure. <laughs> it's about putting more pressure on yourself to uh, strive truly for hey, greatness. He seized the moment. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that. Yes, that is true. Luckily, I seized the moment. <laughs> the chippy out there? No. No, no. surprisingly, was, I don't think we had any issues. There was, outside of that one hit, and it was more accident than anything, It was yeah. there was not a whole lot of media-on-media media crime here today. Yeah, unusual, because it's <laughs> usually very opposite when Maybe things aren't going on on the ice. Maybe because Buffalo News wasn't there. Oh! Come on, man, I'm trying to do a show here. <laughs> You're probably not listening to this. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Is it a goal horn right now we've taken 20 minutes to get off the rails. <laughs> yes, we have. <laughs> Oh, Packett just drilled one off the crossbar. It's funny, we were talking about Kyle. Like, he's, he, you can tell it's Michael Pekka, and he's obviously dominating out here, but he's just, oh, oh he just rang geez. it off. Again. I think he's playing post. Up until this two posts just now, like, he's really just been setting guys up the whole time. Like, it's really fun to watch how many ways a former pro hockey player can just do things and create chances for, like, us every day, you know, every just bar leaguers or whatever. <laughs> and not to mention, he's, like, skate 5%. Yeah. It's like a guy showing up to the uh, the court, the neighborhood court, all star, just like passing the ball around. Yeah, that's pretty be, cool. It'd be like an old like former like college or NBA player just like showing up to Rucker Park and just casually <laughs> dropping forty and just dishing out fifteen assists to somebody. Is like he the it? only former Saber there? Uh, at the moment, yes. Danny yeah. Danny is here, but he's on the bench. He's not playing. Yeah, he's actually on the bench right now. And Mar we, we saw there was a Marty Braun appearance earlier, too. He came out to yell something about uh, a giant goalie son. Wasn't he working? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he stopped by for a few <laughs> minutes on our bench. Yeah. Oh, I must have missed him. I must have been out there. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no, jo John decided, uh, like, four minutes left. He's like, all right, we've got the lead. It's time to lock things down. So John was out there for, like, the last Herculean shift. It was very selfish of me. Probably not the best thing to do in a charity event, but I'm a, I'm a competitive person, Kyle. And once I saw that we had the, we I got out there. We took the, we tied it up, and then took the lead. I was like, I feel like this is good luck. Like I'm just gonna stay out here for the rest of this. Look, man, I can appreciate that. If you're in a groove, I don't care what the setting is. Dude, that was a nice one. Yeah, and you know what? It's like you could say, oh, well, you're gassed. We've been playing for three hours. Everybody's gassed <laughs> yeah, out here. Tired. I don't think it matters. As long, no as, you didn't skate, as long as you didn't skate tired, that's all, that's all that mattered to me. You didn't look it. So, uh, but, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a very, it's a very interesting thing you have to do to be able to uh, train for this sort of thing, you know, endurance-wise. And uh, the original 40, I don't know how the hell they did it. Yeah, I don't know. That that makes no sense to me. Alan was talking about, like, the first day. Kyle, he was talking about one of the guys that we played against, and Alan said in the first year during the 11-day shift, this guy scored 290-something goals. Yeah, we faced, a, we faced a pretty good one there. The media All-Stars had, had, had some good players. They had some ringers. They, they some kept ringers track. Out. I guess 11 days, what else do you have to do? Well, it was also meant to be the world's large, world's longest hockey game. So yeah, yeah there's got to be stats to it, right? Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. No, they were they were they were good. I was oh, also he hearing he from um, also hearing from Mike Lesikowski too when he joined Show Up on the Bulldog. There's such a gentleman's agreement too between um, their organization and another organization out in Edmonton. He was telling us about. 
that also runs about an 11-day power play out there. They do it outside, too. Oh, wow. Which is right. It's Edmonton. But they, well, but they have a nice gentleman's agreement going where if they're going to break the world record, they don't ever do it by more than a half hour or an hour so it can continue to be broken. I think that's really cool because – Oh, that is cool. Isn't, oh, yeah, because you can just blow – you could probably blow that thing out of the water with enough people, but – Considering the awareness and where the money goes and the amount of togetherness it, 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 it provides in your, in your organization and your community, I think it's really cool that that's out there where these, these, these organizations miles and countries away from each other are saying, look, you got 30 minutes to beat now, you got an hour, we're not gonna, I think that's really cool. Yeah, and you can only hope that with the early success, I mean, in three, three years into this now, they're raising more money every year, they're getting more players every year. And like you said, if Edmonton's doing it, hopefully more, you know, NHL cities and even non-NHL cities, cities where hockey's still popular, you know, hopefully they'll follow suit and five years down the line we'll have 20 or 30 of these types of events going on around North America. Yeah, that would be something considering. Pretty wild. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about seven figures in three years for this thing. It's it's such a good cause, and it sounds like you guys are having a blast. It makes me want to learn how to skate, but I got to walk. Or I got to crawl before I can walk here. That was my New Year's resolution, but here we are in July, so you know how well that went. All right, well, you can start getting it, get working towards next year's New Year's resolution. You'll get an early jump on it. See, I like the way you think. Yeah. It's it's positive. <laughs> Always. Always positive. It might not be right, it might man. not be correct, but it's positive. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, let's get a quick break in here. We will reset. We got uh, about 20 minutes of reaction, post-game reaction, as we called it, from the locker room from John and Derek. When we come back from this break, I think it's a good time to revisit a little bit of the nylander Yoki Haru trade that went down yesterday afternoon, size it up for each side. We have some reaction from Blackhawks GM Stan Bowman, Alex Nylander himself. Yoki Haru has been all over the media, too. We can get into a little bit of that, discuss it, and see what's to come for a loaded logjam of a blue line for these Sabres as they have about two, three months left in this offseason. So it's a nightcap here with Kyle Powell, John Simon, and Derek Kramer joining me from Harbor Center. We'll be back in a second here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Derek, what do you make of this trade? As we just heard from Henry Yoki Haru there in uh, in a conference call from earlier today, traded straight up for Alex Nylander. Uh, normally I'd call this kind of a change of scenery type trade, but you don't really see it with a couple of guys like this that are so young. Who do you think got the better of this? I mean, honestly, I think the Sabres probably got the better of this simply because of uh – Honestly, NHL games played already. You've got the guy that's played more NHL games already. Um, Yoki Haru played in 39 games. Nylander had yet to even hit 20. He played in 19 over three years. And it's it's a little disappointing to see that your eighth overall pick has not panned out to do much of anything. And then you've got a guy that's the 29th pick in this 2017 draft, and he's already getting started on the right foot there. He gets a coach that didn't like him, so uh, 
goes down to the minors. I think the Sabres did a good job here just trying to get something for Nylander when his value is probably not all that great. Yeah, especially seeing some of the reaction from the Blackhawk faithful on social media and analysts getting a hold of this trade too. It seemed like everybody was in favor of Buffalo in this one-for-one -one swap, and I have to say I agree. Granted, they're adding to a position of surplus, but this is a 20-year-old who played the third most games in the league last year by a teenager, trailing only Rasmus Dahlin and Miro Heiskinen. So the talent's there, the upside's there, the misuse was also there in Chicago. And now, given a trade here or a buyout here or somebody getting sent to the minors here in Buffalo, he could be one step away from really cracking this blue line and getting his NHL career off on another different foot here in Western uh, New York. Honestly, I think Bacho might have traded for this guy for the sake of he might be the six. I mean, they're doing a lot of retooling of this defense. And like we said back on Monday, Kyle, we don't know what's going to happen next, but we know that there's one more big move on the plate for them. It's just we don't know what exactly it is, but a lot of suspicion is it's going to involve probably Rasmus Ristolainen because now you have a surplus. You have a surplus in and then some. You're talking yeah. 11 or 12 guys, six or seven of which are from the right-hand side on the blue line. In my opinion, and we've talked about it a lot today, not just you and I from earlier today in the podcast, the general consensus around here from a lot of people is Winnipeg still feels like a match made in, he in heaven for a defenseman like Rasmus Ristolainen. And I want to get your thoughts on that as well. I'm sure I, it's going to be a lot of the same we heard from earlier in the week, but it's good to reinforce that because, again, it feels like something that could benefit both sides. A fresh start, as they always love to say, and I love to say for a guy like Ristolainen, who still has years to give, good years to give, but you also give a little bit of relief for a team like Winnipeg, too, and you're able to take something off their hands, much like a Vegas Golden Knights Colin Miller trade or Jeff Skinner where he doesn't fit in and you're taking some salary back. Like, Winnipeg's in a bind right now, and that's another team I'm not saying you can take advantage of because it's not as close to the cap as Vegas, but they're another team that is, a, that is in a little bit of a problem themselves. I mean, you could take advantage of it by being able to make a move. I mean, you'd probably get more of a hockey trade than you would for the likes of, say, Colin Miller uh, when you ended up making that deal with Cash Strap Vegas. The big thing is that the Jets also lost two of their top defenders. I mean, you had actually three. They lost three of their top six on defense with Jacob Truba getting dealt, Tyler Myers signing in free agency, and Ben Chariot uh, also going in free agency. So they've lost three of their NHL defenders. And that leaves Buffalo, who has a surplus beyond a doubt. That leaves them as a prime candidate to uh, try to make something happen with the Jets. And a lot of people are saying Nikolai Ehlers is a, is a good idea, and I would not disagree with that. Everyone's like, what's going to happen with the 2C? I don't know. I honestly don't see a 2C candidate for a trade from Winnipeg. But if you add another top six winner, hey, I'm not going to argue with you. No, not at all. Nikolai Ehlers seems like a great idea. $6 million, still 23 years old. It's amazing. I'm still getting used to it. But I feel like I've been seeing Nikolai Ehlers' name for five years, and honestly, it's because I have. These guys, you talk about them for so long, but they still stay so young. 
And for a guy with, I believe, $6 million, $6 million over the next five or six years at 23 years old, if that's a guy you can get your hands on, do not hang up that phone. Do not hesitate. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, it's one of those things that they're probably – Ehlers is probably the uh, most popular jet that has been thrown around in trade circles. I mean, Kyle Connor and Patrick Laine, Connor's probably easily staying along. But uh, – <laughs> beach ball came onto the ice. <laughs> um, but Laine is a guy that, I mean, if you were able to talk the right assets out of it, you might be able to convince them, hey – Maybe we can give up Patrick Line for something. But I, I feel like they're keeping Connor, they're keeping Line, but it's more or less they need some cap space. And that's the problem is that Rasmus Ristolainen carries that close to $5.5 million cap hit over the next three years. It'll be interesting to see. And it's it's there's a lot of time left to happen. But if it's not Winnipeg, where, where, where else do you think we could spitball here right on the air? What other kind of suitors do you think would be a fit for Ristolainen if you were to get something back on the offensive side? I mean, if we want to try to talk things into existence, that would be great. That uh, is fun. <laughs> but, really, Tampa Bay still remains one of those teams, and Andy Strickland reported near the deadline that uh, Ristolainen, and there were talks with the Tampa Bay Lightning about Rasmus Ristolainen. Uh, I, could, I can imagine those sorts of things. That is usually a preamble. Uh, that is something that sometimes you go ahead and uh, you make those preliminary discussions. Sometimes it's a good conversation. You just say, we got to bury it for now, you know, cook the books, see what we got to do first, and then that's how you get back into those discussions. So I think the Tampa Bay Lightning would be a nice candidate for it. Winnipeg is probably the most common answer at this point. I would not mind trying to talk with, talk with uh, Vegas again. Uh, especially with uh, Gusev being floated around on trade rumors now. That's a pretty good prospect that you can go ahead and just send Rasmus Ristolainen. But the problem is uh, Vegas can't afford to do that. Yeah, two years into that, into that franchise's existence. <laughs> we could see it all along. We could. It was going to be a problem eventually. The, uh, it's got to be a record for a team coming into – a big four sports league and being this cash strapped already before they even start their third season. Yeah, it's definitely strange, but they also realized how quickly they were in a win now mode. And with their fantastic first season, how well they all played, and then to improve the roster. It's a, it's a rare spot to be in for a franchise team. And uh, especially let alone your first year. That's how things uh, end up happening like that is because of the fact that you caught fire. You decide, hey, let's just go back all in on this. Why not? There's probably worse ideas out there. So, yeah, I think it's strange for the Vegas Golden Knights, but I also think that they made the right decision in trying to go and get a Paul Stassen, get a Mark Stone, get Max Pacioretty. Like, they really realized that they've got some talent to them and it's good for them to realize that and not be scared. So another team, though, that you could look into with this sort of thing, I really could suspect that uh, Florida is another team I would, I would look into for uh, trying to trade for someone. Jonathan Huberdeau is a guy that very often gets connected to these sorts of things. Vitsa Trocek would be fantastic, a guy who could play center for you. It's just going to be an interesting thing to see what happens with Rasmus Ristolainen and what happens with the uh, the trade talks 
it could also not be Rasmus Ristolainen. It could be Zach Bogosian for a year uh, trading to someone else, giving them a rental sort of thing. It doesn't have to be Ristolainen, but a lot of the common sense really does seem to depict that it probably will be Ristolainen that could get moved. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned Florida, too, because it actually brought me back to, oh, man, it may have been already two weeks ago when those rumors roughly surfaced and then quickly went away. The Panthers and the Sabres discussing a swap for Mike Hoffman. Oh, my goodness. That would be fantastic. And it was centered around Jake McCabe in a piece. It didn't even involve Rasmus with the line in. Obviously not, not a center. You would have to do something with middle, the likes of Middlestat, Reinhardt, or Johansson on the second line. Depends on how many people or how the organization views Sam Reinhardt because I know a lot of those viewpoints of him at center have been skewed because years ago he didn't have line mates that made him look very good down the middle. But if that's a place you want to go and Mike Hoffman's on a wing or you re you revisit Florida and you bring up Line in this time, yeah, I think that, that's a nice piece. And, you know, especially these days too, it's long gone are the ideas of not wanting to trade interdivisionally as well. You see it with in Major League Baseball, the Phillies, JT Romuto acquiring him from the Marlins. Uh, ironically, you saw the Senators not try to trade <laughs> interdivisionally. With Hoffman, actually. <laughs> with Hoffman, uh, ironically, and he ends and up there anyway. Jokes on them. Yeah, jokes on them. They go make a deal with San Jose for a lesser return, and then he gets flipped to Florida anyway. Like, that was, that was weird by Pierre Dorian, and the man has made some weird moves all throughout, and now he's just got one of the worst rosters in the NHL. But I, I think, though, that I, if I'm the Sabres, I'm not scared of trading in the division because that can hold you back. That can hold you back from a potential return package. That can hold you back from being able to uh, do due diligence and be like, hey, um, just letting you know, Tampa offered me this. So it, it would be interesting. I just, I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, don't trade within the division. You're going to see the guy like six, uh, oh, no, not six, uh, four times a year. No, it's not, it's not terrible. You don't have to worry about that. Henry Yokiharu, 20 years old, first round pick, 2017. Sabres manager, general manager Jason Bottrell says in a team statement, young mobile defenseman, love hearing that. Love hearing that. We will see what happens with Yoki Haru. And honestly, I don't know about you, I'm down to hear from him. I've been here all day, and I haven't actually heard yeah. anything about him. I've been here at the Harbor Center since noon, so, uh, yeah, I'd be, I wouldn't mind hearing from him. All right. Well, not the conference call, because we learned from a couple days ago. Those can be a little, a little <laughs> time-consuming and a little choppy, and nobody knows when they're going to speak. But we do have some <laughs> audio of him with Howard Simon and Sal Capaccio from The Morning Show. I'd like to play that back for you because we're talking about this guy. We don't know what he brings to the table. You know, We don't know what he sounds like. We don't know what his likes are, how much he likes the lake. <laughs> it reminds him of Finland. Let's hear that next on WGR. All right, let's get right down to it. We teased it earlier this hour. Let's get to Sabres defenseman Henry Yokiharu from earlier today with Howard Simon and Sal Capaccio. Let's go right to the Wester hotline. I'll go back to it because we are joined by 
Henry Yoki Haru, who is with us right now from Finland, the newest Buffalo Sabre. Henry, uh, my name is Howard. Sal is here. Brayton is here. Welcome to the show. Thank you for coming on with us this morning. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Congra- congratulations on being a Buffalo Sabre. So, so when you got the call or when you first found out that you were traded, what, what was your initial reaction? I bet your head was spinning a little bit yesterday. Oh, yeah, thank you, first of all. And uh, it, it, was, it was, I was just playing my bed, afraid to go to the bed, and just a little bit, a little bit tired and got the, got the news. And, uh, you know, obviously wasn't that tired anymore. And, uh, just, of course, it, it's, it's a shock. But after that, after that, I just started thinking about it. It's, it's a good thing for me, you know, coming to this kind of organization. My Buffalo Sabres, like young guys and, just, you know, great great players and great talent. So it, I think it's, it's great for me. And, uh, you know, I'm super excited to be part of Buffalo Sabres. Henry, just want to make sure we are saying your name correctly. It's Yoki Haru. Is that correct? Yeah, Yoki Haru. Okay, awesome. I've only botched it one time, Henry. <laughs> if you want to change it to Smith, I'm completely okay with that. Okay, just so you know. Yeah. Did you? Did you? Now you're friends with, uh, I think, right, Ukapekalukinen and Askari Laksinen. And if so, had you texted them or contacted them at all yesterday after you found out you were coming to Buffalo? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I know. Obviously, both of them real well. We're juniors and. Uh... I've been playing with Ukupeka like a couple tournaments together, and uh, with with Oscar Relaxon, he's, he's one of my best friends back in hometown. So it's it's it exciting, exciting thing like to have the call and just text text those guys that I'm coming. Yeah, I know. The Buffalo, same organization, so it's. It's kind of cool. That's what I was. I mean, they haven't played here yet, so it's not like you got a guy on the ro- unless you do have a guy on the roster who you said, "Hey, what's it like playing in Buffalo?" But what what kind of insight or what did those guys tell you about the organization in the limited time they've been around it? Oh, they just told me that it's, it's great organization. Like it's, I don't know, I don't know. They just tell us tell us a good, good organization. They didn't tell me told me that much. That much more, and sure. same same stuff. My agents told me, so it's it's. I'm excited, you know. Okay, Henry, can you describe your game for us, your style? Oh uh, yeah, I'm puck movie defenseman, like kind of motor style defenseman. I like to play two way game, and just uh, you know, I want to be obviously be a big part of the of the team playing if if, if possible, like power play and penalty kill as well, and uh, just just. Just creating some chances and scoring chances and play play with the puck on the stick and you know, make some good moves with the puck and that kind of stuff. Were you surprised when the deal came down? Was this anything you were clued in on that maybe something could be happening at all? Uh yeah, obviously I, I knew that uh it might might become a trade but uh but uh, you know, there's lots of defensemen and I was like what we'll see what they're gonna do do with the defense defenseman group in Chicago, so they trade me, so I thought, okay, but I, I didn't think about that kind of stuff. I just focus, focus up on my on my training this summer, and uh, that was give me even more boost, you know, so it's it's awesome. Henry, with, I know that you didn't spend too much time in Buffalo when you were here for the Combine and also here for the uh, World Junior Championships a couple of years ago, but uh, did you learn anything about the, the city, or did you have the chance to, to get out and about while you were here? Oh, I didn't. I didn't actually learn too much. I I love the I love where's the rink, just right next to the water, and uh, I think I think that's that's awesome and awesome view. You and it's not too busy busy town, you know. It's that's that that kind of feels like Finland, you know. It's not too busy, and just you can 
you're going to relax in there. Henry, you uh, you know, we we just talked to a guy who covers the Hawks, one of the reporters there, and he had mentioned while you were with Chicago, you got a chance to play at times um, with Duncan Keith. How much were you able to learn from a guy like that and maybe even Brent Seabrook? What were you able to learn from those veteran players last season? Uh, I think just the work, what they put for the team, and uh, just, just uh, you know, just basic, normal daily stuff. Of course, I play with the Dunnish. He, he teaches me a lot how to play right way and talk some some stuff and play through like some some things but uh you know it's it, i think i think they didn't say me say me too much they didn't like bother me with too much ideas in my head they yep. just, they just show show up for me like how to do the things and uh just like their leadership just took over and i think that was that was something cool and uh obviously you want to want to be a great leader someday as well like them did you think now you also you eventually go down to, to the American Hockey League, right? And you go and play in Rockford. Did do you believe there's anything that happened down there that also helped your game? I mean you're not at the NHL level, but you're still developing. Do you think that helped your game too at all? Yeah, I think I think that helped me helped me a lot and just be there and like in the in the in the AHL play play big big time minutes and uh I think that was awesome. Awesome for me that doing the the last part of the of the season because I could have made the team in NHL anymore. So I think that was good for me play big minutes over there and just uh, you know developing my game. Obviously, you, you become a better player when you when you play more minutes, not less. Well, Henry, we'll let you get back to work and we'll get let you uh, you know enjoy your off season too. Congratulations again. We're looking forward to seeing you here in Buffalo and thanks for coming on with us this morning. Yeah, of course, of course. Well, there he was, Henry Yokiharu, talking with Howard Simon and Sal Capaccio this morning. That's going to wrap up the first hour here. Thanks again to Derek Kramer as I bring him in from Harbor Center. Thanks a lot for your help to get me through this hour. Buddy, uh, thanks for having us on. And, I mean, like you said, it was, it took a little too long for me to do the uh, the terrible hockey player impersonation. And <laughs> it took longer than expected for the show to go off the rails. 18 minutes is the number to beat next yeah, time. It's kind of impressive, actually, that we didn't do it like that. But yeah, that's so, your man, Derek Kramer, noted goal scorer, noted Selly man. First off, first off, I'm going to be obnoxious one last time here, Kyle. I'm ready. I tied for the team leading goal scoring again, which means through two WGR 11-day power play skates, I am your leading scorer with five. Just the so, way you drew it up. Just the way I drew it up. I am objectively terrible, and everything still works out the way that it should be. <laughs> Don't ever change, my friend. <laughs> Never will. All right, when we get back here on the nightcap, I will be joined in studio from John Simon as we talk a little bit of baseball. Yes, baseball. The All-Star break. The Home Run Derby happened this Monday. The the All-Star game was last night. I'm watching a recap here. We got a little bit of takes here from the two of us, a couple of thoughts. We have three weeks until the trade deadline in Major League Baseball, too. We have some ideas there. And just a crazy second half. There's a lot of races Still up in the air or all around the league. I want to get you caught up on that for the second half of the season starts tomorrow, and it's all here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.